Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Calling James Hansen iPhone. What's up, James? Hello. You ready to do this? I I guess I am after a sad trade headline. Let's go. Okay. So, um why is it sad, James? Tell because us your feelings. Nothing, because nothing happened. I, w- I mean, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there online who say things like, you know, you just wanted to make a trade to make a trade, or I love these guys, or unfollow me now if you wanted to make a trade. And I, I, I don't understand that. Uh, I understand that in terms of like, you know, being a fan of. Uh, Ricky Rubio, the player, or Derek Favors, the guy, because they have shown incredible loyalty and incredible leadership and teammates and things like that. But I wanted a chance to win more games and be better, you know? Yeah, I, I'm i disappointed. I'm not disappointed in the front office's work to try to make a trade because this is the first time that I can remember in a long time. Actually, I can't remember the last time the Utah Jazz were rumored to be going after basically an all-star caliber player and, uh-huh. and, and rumored for it for a long period of time. This wasn't uh, – and, and people – if there's anybody who's like, oh, well, they were just rumors, they weren't. The Jazz were definitely interested. They had plenty of opportunities to say, no, we're not. This is a team we will like. This is who we want to have. And they didn't. They wanted uh-huh. Conley, and they were willing to give up Rubio, Derek Favors, a first rounder, a second rounder. They were they were throwing a lot of assets to try to get better on the offensive end. This wasn't just a a, uh-huh. a, 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 a rumored thing. They they really did try. The one thing that I, and I talked about it on on the site is working with Memphis is a dicey game. This is a team that had all trade deadline last year to to basically take care of take care of getting uh Ty- Tyreek Evans traded and they couldn't do it and so mm-hmm. uh the fact that they, it took they had that time it made me nervous to work with Memphis and my I had a good hope because they made those three deals they moved over Marcus Saul they moved moved Shelvin Mack they, it looked um, like that. Had, it looked like that um, floodgate opened all of a sudden, and you're like, "Oh," but it just didn't happen. Yeah, uh, it, I, I really thought it was going to all go down, and then it. And then after all three of those deals, you're like, "Nope, we're good. We're staying." Well, and I think, uh, and on the other side of the coin, anyone who's like angry at Dennis Lindsay needs to like cool it, because one of the traits that Dennis Lindsay has had that has really been. Um, a calling card and something that's helped the franchise in a lot of ways. It's just his ability to understand when too much is too much. Uh, 
you know, you look at what the Lakers are at right now and the disaster that their situation is, uh, Utah can't overcome something like that because Utah is Utah. Uh, and if, if the Jazz give too much up for a two-year, uh, two-and-a-half-year, it's not a rental, it's just two-and-a-half years of Mike Conley, if it doesn't go well, all of a sudden you're in big trouble because those are the things that keep Utah alive. And Utah can still use that first-round pick in a trade if they want to. Uh, it does mean, though, because we didn't make this trade, it does put a big – it makes free agency this offseason important. Um, I think that's part of why – and I don't know if you feel this way, but I felt like the reason you make this trade is because you don't want to go into free agency and all the risks that come with that. Because if you go into free agency with as Utah – and you're competing with Miamis and the Knicks, who, despite how crappy they are, they're still in New York, Madison Square Garden. And you're competing with L.A., both the Clippers and the Lakers. And is that something you really want to do? Like, you know, and that's. Yeah, I, I agree where you're coming from on that, because uh, uh, who was it? Eric Woodward, um, no, Woodyard uh, put out. Uh, he's like, man, the draft is going to be on fire. And that's going to be the Jazz's next chance because I agree with you that I don't think they want any part of free agency. It is definitely a backup to the backup to the backup plan. It is it is is the plan B of all plan Bs. And Utah still has a chance to acquire a third star through the trade deadline. Not the trade deadline, but through uh, the NBA draft. They've done it with George Hill. They did it right after the NBA draft with Ricky Rubio. They almost did it with Tyree uh, Kyrie Irving, um, uh -huh. that same time when they were trying to, uh, when they were moving, uh, trying to get Ricky Rubio. And so with all of that, um, I, that's going to be their next opportunity. And I kind of, I, I see where Memphis is coming from. I don't think Memphis was a dumpster fire at this point. I, I don't think they're reliable, but I don't think they were a dumpster fire this deadline. I can see their point of view where they're saying, you know what? The biggest, the, the prized asset that we're looking for, if we trade Conley, is that draft pick. And if we trade that draft pick, if, if that draft pick comes back to us from any one of these teams, that team is going to get a lot better for the second, for the last third of the season, and is going to propel that pick a lot further along than we really wanted it to be. And so, what we want to do is we're going to we're going to wait. We're going to sit back. Maybe something happens in Utah has an injury, and then all of a sudden that draft pick is really reliable, or they're looking at Detroit, and they're like, Detroit's just going to continue to uh, piston it up, and they're going to miss the playoffs, and then that, that pick is a lottery pick, and then we know it's a lottery pick. We're not guessing at this point. And so uh -huh. I, I can see why they decided last minute to be like, okay, we're, gonna, we're, we're not, we're not going to go full bore on this. And That's we, we dangerous can still for wait. Memphis, though. That's dangerous it, yeah, for Memphis Mike Conley because... Could, Mike Conley could get hurt. Well, are you giving up a lottery pick for Mike Conley for two years now? Because it's not two and a half, it's two years now. And if you're Detroit, that lottery pick all of a sudden is a lot more valuable. And I just, it's just, right. I don't and, know. And, I don't... And, and, around the and around the lottery too, like people are going to start to talk themselves into players. They'll start to believe that certain players are a lot better than, than maybe they, they initially were. And so it's a lot easier to get rid of the pick now. Be and and it, everybody has that because everyone has a, a strong sense of recency bias. And so yeah. with that recency bias, like that's going to be um, 
say the Jazz really fall in love with somebody. They're like, I don't, I don't really want to know. Or maybe the Pistons are like, we really think we can get a really good point guard at this at this point. Or what if the Pistons actually win the lottery? And so all of a sudden, your options go from, hey, we could have had uh, Utah's pick and Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio to shed salary, and maybe we could have flipped Derek Favors again at the at the draft. But now, um, now no, the only thing that we can get from Utah is we can only get Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio, and that's it. And then they're shedding salary. Well, We're and just then the salary. Utah's in the driver's so, seat because Utah can say, you know what, like. When we were in a position of need, you guys didn't relent. So now when you're in a position of need, guess what? <laughs> like You're not getting equal treatment. And so that's, you know, Memphis can do whatever Memphis wants. They didn't want to make the trade. That's their choice. So, you know, there's nothing you can do. At this point, uh, it's nice to know that this is our team. This is who we are going forward. And I think the other aspect of this that people need to realize is that Dante Exum is a big part of the future. If Dante Exum wasn't a big part of the future, they'd have, we'd probably have Mike Conley on the team right now. Uh, but Dennis Lindsay, he's, he believes in Dante Exum. And anyone who says uh, otherwise, you're, you're disagreeing with the Jazz because that's what they believe. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens now, now that trade deadline's over. And I think, you know, Quinn Snyder saw all these things. And I don't know, you know, if Quinn Snyder's, uh, viewpoint and opinion and and lineups are going to change or whatever on Dante. Uh, but it just definitely seems like the Jazz want Dante to have a very big role for this team in the future. And I don't know if that means as a starter. I don't know if that means coming off the bench still. Personally, I'd, I think this is kind of a sign that Dante has a chance to to work his way into a starting role if if he plays well when he comes back. I, I think, At so. Least I I think so. so too. Not in the fact that I, I'm not saying, oh, this means not the excellent start. I, what I do think though, with this trade deadline, and I was uh, talking on, um, I think it was ESPN St. George station. Um, with the, with the deadline passed, Utah, there's more of a freeing element. You're not like, okay, I'm really worried. We're going to be, you know, making somebody mad or tanking their value before we trade them, blah, blah, blah. Now it's just like, we got to get wins. And so if you're not producing in the starting lineup or in your role right now, we're going we're gonna to switch it up. We're going to find the person who does. And it's going to become a, 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 a lot more um, objective rather than subjective where we're building somebody's value, say, with Rubio or Favors well, yeah. or anybody, anybody on this team. To, so um, – now it's if that role fits better. Say we know Donovan worked really great as a point guard. Okay, we're going to put Donovan as a as a point guard. We're going to Dante Exum as your off guard, and that's going to be our lineup. And we're going to roll with that because we're going to get wins with it. If if it produces, if they find uh-huh. out that Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal produce a lot better with the starting lineup with Jay Crowder out there, that might be your new starting lineup. Um, or it's going to end up getting the most amount of minutes over the course of the game. So. I think what we're going to see is uh, maybe not so much of a a set rotation now for the next couple of weeks. I, the other thing I think we're going to see is I think the team is going to breathe a sigh of relief and actually well, they, um, get more comfortable. 
in their roles uh-huh. now because they've been playing like they've been playing like they're with one foot on the trade block and one foot on the court, which is to be yeah, expected. Yeah, they've been tentative. But now Joe Ingles even said yeah. as much. He said that it's just hard to play and be a hundred percent when you just don't know if you're going to even be on the team after the game and stuff like that. And so the team will play better, and it's probably a sigh of relief out of everyone because they do. I mean, that chemistry is big, and it does help them. You know, it's just, it's got to be a, it's just a sigh of relief. The players are probably comfortable with each other and happy to finish the season together. And But I think that is a big part. For the end of the year, throughout the rest of this season, the Jazz don't owe Derek Favors or Ricky Rubio a starting spot at all. Now it's like we're playing to win. Uh, you don't have any more value to us in terms of a trade by saying, hey, we'll trade you two starting level players. It doesn't matter anymore. Now it's about getting wins because we didn't get the trade. And so, yeah, if Ricky Rubio goes out and puts up five turnovers in the first quarter again, it's going to be rough to, you know, he's got someone else that's ready to come in and play and play really well. People seem to forget that Dante Exum was just tearing it up right before that turned ankle. And uh, we, I, if, I think we had one, one in the chamber of should is Dante Exum ready for the starting role, and then oh, he had turned he had turned his. I think that was a post that I think was in drafts um, on our site before the the injury had happened, and uh-huh. now Dante Exum. I, I think Dante Exum probably could have been good to go, um, maybe this maybe this week. But I think what they're doing is they're like okay, if we held him out. He's getting another full week, um, and then he's getting the All Star break. He's going to come back. Like he, he's not. He, it's not going to be this rushed. Oh, is he okay? Type of thing. He's just going to be able to be right back um, with the team and going. Yep. So that's that's going to be really exciting. I think the there 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 are some positives to be to be gained by this. Like I think one of the one of the biggest strengths of last year's team was. They had this us against the world mentality because they were they, they were counted out, they had to fight so hard to get back into it, and no one and, and it was just no one believes in us. Uh-huh. And and now they have a chance to really kind of capture that again with how the trade deadline because no one believed in in two of their starters. And uh-huh. and that no one was was Dennis Lindsay in the front office that said they can't produce on offense. Maybe that put sends Ricky Rubio into another tear again in the second half. Um, Ricky Rubio is known for having really good, not not technically second half, but after the All Star break. So he has like great thirty game stretches, and we're nearing that point where he may be maybe we're able to be the beneficiaries of that once again. And so that's that's there are some positives to that i i, I think um we also forget how much of a big impact like you said that dante exum was making off the bench and without dante exum you have guys who are not playmakers having to be in a tertiary playmaker role you have tertiary playmakers having to be in a secondary playmaker mode and so you're having to because the bench has been off kilter and injured guys have been uh-huh. out out of their out of their roles and out of their um, their comfort zones, and then when you put mm-hmm. them back in, they actually are going to have some additional skill sets. So, so we might see some some things um, pop up there. But 
having Dante Exum just being able to be back and beat guys off the dribble is going to be amazing. Um, having not Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors not having to look over their backs the entire time and wonder if they're going to have to pack their bags. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I do think, though, there, we, there might be some buyouts um, happening right now that the Jazz might keep an eye on, like Wayne Ellington comes to mind, of who can be a, a good scorer. And so I think the buyout market in the next few days that we start seeing with teams as they decide whether they um, what to do with these extra players that they've acquired or guys who are no longer happy in their roles and just want out um, on these on these bad teams. It's going to be interesting to see if, if Utah decides, okay, well, we're going to cut bait with, uh, with George Niang. We're going to bring on a guy like Wayne, Wayne Ellington. Um, so, I, so now the target on the Utah's roster is really uh, George Niang and Nazmi Trulong. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think I think well, actually, George is Nas, Nas have is a, a two-way. Nas, Nas is a two-way. So it's just just George. George, is, he's uh-huh. got a, he's got a target on his back, so he could be he, he could be let go. Well, I'd be surprised if they let him go because he's been uh, a nice project. But I guess you're right; he could be. Uh, I like George a lot, actually. I I thought honestly, I thought when because uh, they've been playing him a lot recently, and part of that's probably because Tabo's been hurt. But also, it just seems like maybe they were ready to like. Okay, if if Derek Favors is traded, you're going to have a bigger, more prominent role, and and it looks like that shot has actually turned around the last few games. So it uh, has. We'll he's, see. He's been more more consistent with that. Um, I uh, I have to say though, it does feel like there are. I mean, now it's time for the for Jazz fans obviously to root for the Jazz as we watch them because they're going to make the playoffs. It's, the schedule from here on out is very light. It's not going to be very hard for them to make the playoffs unless they have some pretty, I mean, unless they have some, you know, fluke injuries and stuff, they should be able to win a lot of games for the rest of the year. And then next, this off season, you can, it's just, it's pretty obvious. Dennis Lindsay is going to go out and he is ready to make some offers. And, uh, but that's going to be interesting. Can the jazz, you know, get a big time guy. I think the biggest names we've ever gotten: Memo Okur, Carlos Boozer. Can the Jazz go out and get someone like Tobias Harris, even though he signed with Philadelphia and and you know they have his bird rights and things like that? Can the Jazz pull someone like that away? Can the Jazz go get uh, Nico Miritich, who likes Quinn Snyder? That's actually the guy I think you know they really can go out and get, um, especially if Milwaukee wants to re-sign. Chris Middleton. I know we people want to get Chris Middleton, but I don't know if that's possible. But Nico seems possible, yeah, and I'm maybe not, like a Malcolm Brogdon or someone like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure if Middleton is going to be available, especially if Milwaukee. Their moves made them a, geez, a, a an NBA Finals. Contender. I mean, they're Same really, really Philadelphia. good. Um, Tobias might be able to be. I mean, that's the pulled away, but man. It's uh, that, that's it, the thing, it, and that's going to be like, a hard one to be able to see if they're if they can if they can get them. So, well, and that's that's why everyone wanted that how you feel? to happen because, well, I I he's still gettable. I mean, he's going to be a free agent, and oh, uh, yeah. 
you know, they have four guys that they've got to pay. So we'll see how that happens. They also have JJ Redick that I don't know how they're going to pay him on top of, you know, everyone else. But I mean, that's, that's the reason that, you know, we wanted to make this trade happen now because, you know, that's not for sure at all. And now Tobias Harris is going to have a whole second half of the post, uh, post all-star break to build rapport with that team. And, Goodbye.